Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Law firms are very careful about second round interviews. They want to bring in people that they believe they're going to hire. It doesn't matter who you are or what you think you are. It's the things that you do and say. And there's just certain things that certain attorneys know how to do and others do not. Okay, this is a topic I can't believe, honestly, that I haven't covered this in a webinar before, but this is probably one of the most important topics you could hear and and watch. So I'm pretty excited about talking about this today. And, and I think we can really, this will help a lot of people. And this topic, I think a lot of reasons why it's important, but I speak to a lot of candidates in the course of my job that have lots of problems with second round interviews. What I'm going to talk about today is I'm going to talk a little bit about first round and what happens there. And then I'm going to talk about the stuff that goes wrong during second interviews. And honestly, wow, I've seen so many people not get jobs with second round interviews, meaning they get interviews with the first round, but when they go into the second round, they don't get interviews. And honestly, the, one of the most important things to understand is if, if a law firm is bringing you in for a second round interview, they're very much hoping they can hire you. They really do want to hire you. They they have a need. You're spending a lot of time with their attorneys who aren't billing during that time. And, and if you can't get a job during a second round interview, it's you're probably doing some stuff wrong because the first round you're presentable enough, you're you seem like you have enough enthusiasm. So what's going wrong in these second round interviews that you're not getting the jobs? Now there's just a couple small things that I want to cover with you just so you understand how important the second round interview is. So as a recruiter, when I would work with candidates directly and, and send them out on second round interviews. I typically would get some somewhere between 70 and 80% of people would get offers after the second round interview. And that has to do with preparation and a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be covering today, uh, because people just do some of the same things wrong over and over again. Law students do stuff wrong, practicing attorneys do stuff wrong, partners do stuff wrong. And if you're making mistakes in your second round interview, then you really need to understand what they are and you need to understand what different types of firms are looking and, and people make lots of mistakes during second round interviews, and they often don't know what they are, and they don't, get, they don't get job offers because of it. And the mistakes that you make as a lateral attorney are often much more serious than the things you make with the mistakes you may be making as a law student interviewing. The reason for that is law students are green. They may say things that are inappropriate and that overly, I, they just position themselves in different ways. And attorneys will realize that they're soon going to be indoctrinated what a law firm is and what their expectations are when they get there. And so there's a little bit more leeway in second round interviews in law firms, but if you're a law student, but not so much with practicing attorneys. This is the kind of thing that attorneys will say to me. I always get past first round interviews with law firms, but after a sec second round interview, they never hire me. And uh, they seem to like me after the first time they meet me, but not after. And so this is actually very common. It's if you're not getting jobs after second round interviews, it's very common. In fact, I've spoken to attorneys that have been on 25 plus second round interviews over the course of a year or a few years and still not gotten a single job offer. So you have to ask yourself, what are they doing differently in the second round interview than they may be doing in the first round interview? And those are some of the things that we're going to cover today. And obviously, something's very wrong. If I'm able to get, when I, give, when I prep people for interviews, 70 plus percent of those people jobs and people that are doing this stuff on their own, 
aren't getting jobs, you really have to realize right away that you're doing some stuff that's wrong, you're saying stuff that's wrong, and you're not connecting in the proper way with the employer. Again, law firms are very careful about second round interviews. They want to bring in people that they believe they're going to hire. They don't want to feel disappointed and they want to be able to make you an offer. They're really hoping that you do well. So I'm going to tell you about what these attorneys do wrong so you don't make the same mistakes. Some of what I say to you may be offensive because you may be coming at your career in a certain way, but you have to remember your only objective in a second round interview is to get a job. You you have no other objective. You don't have to share anything. You don't have to do anything else but get the job. You need to make sure that you're not making certain mistakes. And if you do, you can fix them. So it's really not that uncommon for attorneys to some people to get second round interviews and always get offers. As a matter of fact, I've met some people that have been on every single interview they get and they've ever gotten a second round interview, they've gotten an offer. There's people that are very good at selling themselves, knowing what to say and being appropriate and really convincing people to hire them. And I will talk about that today as well. And all they need, a lot of attorneys, is to get in the door. And once they're in the door, they seem to always get job offers, seemingly no matter what. And every time I had a girl, this is funny, years ago, and she was in New York and was thinking about moving to Los Angeles. And so she would come out and interview with all these firms and everybody would make an offer to her. And some of them were I'm not trying to be rude, but they were beyond, they were much better firms than she should have gotten a job with. And everybody hired her. And then after she got hired, then she would grill the firms and ask them all sorts of questions and decide that she didn't want to work there. But certain people are very good and understand how to get jobs. And it doesn't matter, by the way, if you're personally extremely persuasive, if you're tall or short, or if you're a man or a woman or whatever your background, it doesn't matter who you are or what you think you are. It's the things that you do and say. And there's just certain things that certain attorneys know how to do and others do not. When an attorney is young, when you're first, when you first come up and you're working in a law firm or whatever type of office, your government office as a summer, you're typically trained and you're trained with a lot of input to your work product. You're criticized. You're shown how to shorten things and move things around and laws you may have missed or arguments you may have missed. And it can be very humbling. The same thing would happen if you were to go and get input on your interview skills. And so if you're in law school, a lot of law schools do mock interviews, and that would be a good idea. And if you're not in law school, you should try to get other people that you may know that are attorneys to even do mock interviews with you. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know today, but sometimes being directly criticized and will help you learn and grow. And, and especially if you're someone that's going out on a lot of second interviews and not getting jobs. And again, we're going to talk a lot about that today. And it's really, it's not easy being rejected from firms. It's not easy not getting jobs after second offers. And it, this is all a lot of work. It's a, it's a lot of work when you, whether you're using a recruiter, you're doing it on your own, when you have to apply to a bunch of places. And, and it can be upsetting when a lot of places you're applying don't interview you. And then it can be upsetting when you know it's a lot of work to get ready for a first round interview. Then it's even more work to get ready for a second round interview. And then not getting the offer is really not what you want. So what you want is to be able to get the offer all the time. And because all of these steps that go into getting the job are very important. One of the things I just want to bring up real quickly is a lot of times people will get interviews with different firms. And then they'll get an interview and they'll decide that for whatever reason, they, they don't want to work there. It could be I heard something bad about them. 
It could be my friend worked there and she had to work a lot of hours. It could be, I'm not sure about the pay. I'm not sure about this. And, and you cannot, uh, your job is to get a job. Once you get a job, many times you can negotiate your salary, you can negotiate your hours, you can negotiate all sorts of things. But your job is to get a job. Your job is not to learn everything negative about someone that's potentially going to employ you before you go in. And then to reflect that in your question and enthusiasm, your job is to go into a job and get it. That's your only objective because having an offer is going to give you more confidence. Having an offer is going to give you the ability to negotiate the terms of your employment. Having an offer is going to enable you to potentially take that offer and and maybe get other offers from similar firms saying, I have to, I've applied two weeks ago, I've gotten offers, but I really want to talk to you. There's all sorts of things you can do, but you need the offer. Don't make mistakes and not get the offer. And, you know, because you're going to, you're going to be hurt. And, and sometimes people will do things intentionally. Sometimes, yeah, I don't even know that I should. Yeah. Sometimes people do things like everyone has a thermostat and your thermostat, you set it to the way you want things to be. So sometimes people will go into interview with a firm that's much more prestigious than any place they've ever worked, but they can't possibly imagine those people would like them. Or And so they blow the second round interview because they don't have enough self-confidence and because their thermostat's set down here, but really this firm will make them be at a higher level. There's just a lot of things that I want to share, but if people do go out in a lot of interviews and not get jobs, these are people from the best law firms in the world down to the smallest law firms. It's just, it's these are things that people do over and over again. And when you can't get a job, it can lead to all sorts of problems with your with your ego, with sometimes if you're expected to be working and you're suddenly at home all the time and not doing anything productive, it can lead to problems in your relationships. It leads to problems in terms of how other people see you if you're not getting jobs. It makes you less, less employable the longer this goes on. So you need to learn this stuff. This stuff is extremely important, especially if you're unemployed but or you think you're going to become unemployed extremely important. And I've seen people not being able to get jobs because they're not interviewing well. And then they take jobs way beneath them, meaning salaries that are 50% or more lower than they could make in the market if they interviewed well, or jobs in locations that they would never otherwise consider working in, or jobs in other practice settings because they believe that after some rejection, they're not employer employable. Your inability to do well in these second round interviews or not to do the best you possibly can is really something that's easily fixable if you know the rules. And that's what we're going to go over today. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. So I'm going to make some analogies here. I don't necessarily think this is the best analogy, but it may be. And you need to think of the interview process as almost dating. And, And so I'll just give you some examples here. From my personal life, I don't know if it was 15 years ago or how long it was, but I remember starting the registration process on this website, Match.com, and filled out a form with my age, location, and so forth in a moment of weakness. And I was single at the time, curious about what the site was about. Little did I know, it's well anyway, but that's why I did it. And so I 
I never completely filled out the registration process. Uh, I never completed it, but it didn't really matter because Match.com immediately began sending me all these profiles of people at least once a day and trying to get me to sign up. And, uh, and I'm sure that they were matching them to my location and all sorts of things. And um, one way to think about dating sites is similar to job sites, is similar to other things. The site had me basically tagged as an employer uh, that was interested in hiring. Now, I'm not saying I'm hiring a, a significant other, but it's basically that's what they're doing. They're sending opportunities. And, and the profiles I received were just like resumes. It's no different. It's pictures and interest and stuff. So it's not the same. If I saw something I liked, then I would obviously try to meet the person in some sort of informal setting, a coffee or something for a screening interview. And if that went well, I'd try to have a real first date, dinner or something like that, which would be considered a second round interview. So your first meeting is artificial, meaning it's, it's after seeing something or getting an alert about a job or a, a person. And it's, you have a meeting. And if that goes well, which if you're just having coffee or something, you're not spending a lot of time, should and or can or may. But then you start meeting the person, everything goes into a little more depth. And then the idea is if your second round interview goes well, then something can more formal can develop. So you might start seeing each other exclusively. So it's like the difference between a contract attorney and a, a permanent attorney or, or whatever. And then at that point, you would have a new girlfriend or boyfriend and and then at some point, you might propose, and that would be a partnership. You can almost think of the, the first date as a screening interview, the second and third and fourth dates as follow-up, second round interviews. Getting hired would be, the, if you're an associate, would be the relationship developing, and if it goes well, then you become a partner. So the law of, of second round interview in the employment context is very similar to dating. You, the firm will have an opening, they'll, re, you, they'll send out information about themselves, links to their website links to reviews, and they're basically advertising that they have an opening. And this is what we do with candidates. We send out information about the firm and rankings and pictures and whatever we possibly can to interest our candidates and people in the public about these openings. And if the law firm has an opening, then they're definitely looking to hire someone. And if someone comes along for, that's appropriate, they definitely want to do it. And again, law firms want to all the people they interview to work out. And what that means, they're hoping that they do not have to waste a lot of time and effort of their attorneys and thousands of dollars and billable hours wasted if uh, by interviewing people that aren't going to work out. They want things to work out because it saves them time and eliminates the need for them to bring in more people, to, to, and work's not getting done. So if a law firm has an opening, what that means is that there's work, it's not getting done, they're losing money, so they're losing money by not hiring people. And they really do want you to do well. This is what it's all about. I see firms sometimes when they call, even for a first interview, they are so enthusiastic and, and follow up so much that, that I know that, that they're going to make it work. Meaning even if the person doesn't interview well, they're going to make it work. But most law firms aren't like that, but they really do want you to do well. They're not interested in lots of meetings and doing things. Most, some people may be interested in going out on 25 dates, but at some point, people get tired of that. And it's the same thing with law firms with open with positions. It's just, it takes a lot of work. It's time and energy. And the same thing when you when you meet a person or on a dating site or whatever, you're really hoping that it's the right person so you can stop going out on all these first dates and then second dates and so forth. You want 
things to work out. And everybody does. If you just think back to people that you met in the future, you're really hoping it works out. It doesn't always, but you're hoping, or you may need to be convinced. If you meet someone and, or you go out on a date and that person shows up and they don't seem enthusiastic or they say a bunch of weird things, you're going to be disappointed because you know it's not going to work out. And um, that's too bad because you were excited to meet them. And this is what people do, especially on second dates. The second date is, is more like you get a little more depth about the person and their and things about them. And if they say too much or they tell you too many bad things, that can rub you the wrong way and uh, screw everything up. And this is what people do in interviews. So let's talk about the first round interview. The initial decision to interview is usually quite simple. They see something new that they like and it's based on your experience or qualifications or something else, and they bring you in. So if I know a law firm very well, um, I can take a look at a resume if they have an opening and know just based on what's on the resume, if they're going to interview people. There are certain firms that won't interview people that have had more than two jobs in 10 years or certain firms that will only interview people from certain law schools or certain firms that will only interview people locally. There's, certain, there's all these different kind of things that firms have. Uh, but if a law firm, if you get to the screening interview, guess what? You're qualified for the job. They don't really have any questions about that. You don't have to sell them on your experience. You have to sell them an enthusiasm for the job, but you don't have to sell them on your experience. Most of that stuff is really on your resume. People do stupid things all the time. They go into a resume, they go into an interview and everything is on their resume and they need to talk so much about their experience and go into all these things. No, the law firm knows that. There's something else going on in the interview. But the decision to bring you in for an interview is based on your resume, maybe based on having a really strong cover letter and your experience, your reputation, your connections, and other things that you may not have a lot of control over. One thing you do have a lot of control over is your resume. And, and that's important. I've done lots of resume workshops and webinars on resumes. I talk to people every day. The majority of attorneys that I talk to and that I review the resume they're doing stuff wrong. If you're having a hard time getting first first round resume or first round interviews, it's your resume. It doesn't matter, by the way, when the law firm's looking at someone, if you're applying to the appropriate type firm, you need a firm that hires people with your in your practice area and your education. They're not what you're doing things in your resume are disqualifying for you. So this is not a webinar about how to do a good resume, but I really do recommend that you do the best possible job you can with your resume and your cover letter. And those are two things you have control. Uh, you have control of your resume if you're using a recruiter. You have control of your resume if you're applying to firms on your own or you know, however you're applying, you have control. Make sure your resume matches the job and that you look like a good fit for the job. And I, um, this is a big deal. You need to make sure your resume is definitely tailored to each position and looks like you're someone that is perfect for their practice areas. Applying for a, a job as a, I don't know, as an insurance defense attorney, not a good idea to list all these corporate transactions and things you may have done in addition to litigation or insurance defense. Applying for a job as a, I don't know, corporate attorney, not a good idea to talk about litigation stuff. Your resume should be focused on whatever this job is. And that's what law firms are looking for. In the online dating world, what are people looking for? Not much. They may look at your picture and see if you're someone that genetically or whatever you're, they think is looks interesting. They'll read a little bit about your background. If you say you're divorced five times, that may disqualify you. If you say some crazy things, that may disqualify you. If you write something that doesn't make a lot of sense, that may disqualify you. But they're really not. People aren't looking for 
a ton of information on dating sites as, as long as you're consistent and it doesn't nothing bad jumps out at people and people think you look interesting then they'll decide it's worth having a meeting and someone reading your profile may identify with the books you read or I don't know what other kind of stuff people list on these sites. Uh, your pets, your hair color, religion, all these are factors that people do. And it's no different that uh, than what's really going on on what an employer is thinking about whether or not to bring you in. Now, I don't, I'm using dating sites and, and that sort of thing because I want you to really think of yourself as an employer, how the employer is reading your resume. The employer is reading your resume looking for certain things. Just as if you're reading a dating site, you're looking for certain things when you look at people. It's simple as that. So you need to think about what's going to stick out to people, what they want. And, and you may go and look at 200 people before you find someone that matches what you're the kind of person you'd like to meet. And this is how it is with jobs as well. People inside of law firms will may look at 200 applications that need to check certain boxes. It could be, again, working in the same city, having nothing but experience in that practice area, working with similar clients. I, you don't know what it is, just as you don't know what someone on a dating site is looking for when they're looking at your profile, but you know that there's things going on in the background. Some employers are very selective, some aren't, but most of the time people are going to speak with you when they see something they like and that they think is going to help them. And again, experience, education, where you last were, maybe you're a college athlete and they like that, who knows? But the first round interview is very surface oriented. It's not getting into a lot of detail. You're showing your best face in your resume and your cover letter, just as you would in a dating site. And you're hoping that gets people's attention. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only lists jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. First round interview, it's generally very quick. They don't want to spend a lot of time. Uh, they just want to see if you can look and act the part. They may speak, you may speak with one person, 20 or 30 minutes sometimes. Law firms will just have you speak to someone in the recruiting department that will handle that. It's very common. Other times, they may have you speak to a couple of people for a very short meeting. Uh, they may do it in person or remotely, but sometimes it'll be you'll meet a partner in a, a coffee shop for coffee or something. That happens quite often, but it may be a, maybe a phone call or a Skype or a Zoom meeting. And these are short and they're not going to go into a lot of detail. They're just basically sizing you up see if you can conduct yourself, see if you seem likable and not likable, and see if you seem like someone that they would like to get to know a little bit more about and go deeper. And again, the same thing with the first round interviews. Most of the time, these people really want to like you. They're very much hoping that you come in full round of interviews. A lot of firms too, by the way, will just bring people in for a full round. They won't even bother with this because they'll see enough on the resume that it makes it in the cover letter and 
that it just makes sense for them to bring you in for a full round. But they, a lot of firms will do the first round just because it's a formality and it's expected and people have always done it. Our firms have always done it. But they're not a lot of, there's, again, they're not eager to spend a lot of time interviewing 15 a bunch of people in these short increments. They'd rather be billing hours to clients. They don't like to turn their attention away from work. So they're going to interview you, but they're not going to spend a lot of time. And this process is often much more of an annoyance for people. And they may not have any issues, hopefully don't have any issues with you. So the first round interviews, when they're done in person, the partners interviewing you are basically asking themselves whether they'd be comfortable working with you, whether you seem presentable, meaning some people come in and have nervous tics, they're biting their nails, they're checking their phone, they're, and they're saying weird things, making inappropriate jokes, and that can immediately disqualify you. So you need to be careful about those sorts of things and just in a first round interview, just be as professional as possible. You need to dress up. One of the things that's very funny is a lot of people will do remote interviews and sit there and be talking in their kitchen wearing a t-shirt or a shirt like I'm wearing. You want to dress up and, and look good. You need to take it seriously. If they see you're taking it seriously, then they're going to be more likely to bring you in. And law firms that are doing the first round interviews just need someone to do the work. And in order to succeed at that, you need to come in and give law firms the impression that you very much want the job, that you're grateful for the opportunity. You need to make the interviewer feel good about themselves and that you're enthusiastic, that you understand what the job is, and you really hope to speak to more people. And most attorneys, by the way, will do very well with that. It's much more common, meaning more than 50% of the attorneys that go out on these first round interviews, unless it's like a law school cattle call where they're interviewing 15 people over the course of seven or eight hours. Most of those people get, get callback interviews, in, in the, especially in the lateral stage. And most people understand the rules. It's just you have to uh, talk the talk and you have to look like you want to work there. And that's about it. And this is not about, by the way, this presentation is not about the first round interviews, but I'm trying to give you a little background that we'll go into when we start talking about the second round. But you have to be deferential. You have to, and you have to make people like you and think that you want to work there. And that it represents a good opportunity. And most people know how to do that. Most people go into first round interviews and get jobs. Now, there are a lot of people that go into first round interviews and uh, treat them as second round interviews, meaning they start talking about things that they shouldn't, which are personal things, way too personal. They talk about being unhappy at their current employer. They talk about different things that you probably don't want to get into. Why is it inappropriate? Well, if you go out on a first date with someone and they're talking about how much they hate their last significant other, all these problems they're having, what mistakes they made, I don't know. You put Your job is to put, you wouldn't like that person. So your job is to put your absolute best foot forward when you're going out on your first, first round interviews and do the best you can. It's no different than a coffee date. Two people meet. If they act, uh, they seem like they like each other. They make a little, a little chemistry or shared interest, then then it may move to the next stage. And, and they're just trying to make sure that there's enough there to invest more time. And that's it. And many times there's not a connection. I People walk into interviews all the time and they they have a cold handshake or they and they look down, they don't make eye contact, they, they start asking about salary and vacation and things. And that can be a real problem. You need to be ready for your first round interviews and you need to think Again, like how would I want to act if I was going out and meeting someone for a date? And what would, how would I do that? And, and you need to make sure that you're doing a good job of that. So in general, your first interview is very similar to just two people meeting and to see if there's any interest. And they want to make sure 
the re- what is represented matches what was there on the surface. And, and then again, if that stuff goes well, there's only, it's only everything's going to move forward. So looking enthusiastic, looking like someone that would probably work a lot of hours, someone that's interested in improving, someone that understands the firm, someone that's more geared towards the job. Again, this is only about second round interviews, but I want to make sure that people understand that what you do well in first round interviews to get second round interviews really needs to carry over because people make a lot of bad first round type interview mistakes prior to and second round interviews, meaning they'll walk in and they'll make assumptions that they might have the job and other things. You don't want to come across as too confident, difficult to control. Nobody likes people that are arrogant and confident, too confident. There's nothing wrong with being confident, but rub it in your face. Confidence is bad. Difficult to control means you're finding problems with your former employer, people you've worked with. You're angry. You may be too withdrawn. You may be critical of people, places, and things, meaning just real negative. You may come across as desperate, meaning people can sense that. You don't want to come across as desperate. You want to come across as someone who's very employable and will do well regardless of whether that employer has any interest in you. And they should pick up on that, that other people are going to hire them. You don't want to come across as annoyed or distracted or uninterested. And so these are all the same things that can damage your first coffee dates as well if you're meeting someone for dating. And, and so again, attorneys need to go in and not get hired and do what they need to do to get hired and not do these things in interviews. Now, back to these kind of things too. One thing that's very also that you should be aware of is a lot of people may not want to work in a law firm anymore, or they may not want to practice law anymore. It may just be... And so you do these things intentionally. And Whereas if you were interviewing to be a high school track coach, which you might really want to do, you would completely come across as easy, happy, enthusiastic. And so sometimes if you're doing these things, you really do need to make a little bit of an inventory. Is there something about practicing law that I don't like? So I just want you to really understand this because this is a very important thing I'm telling you, right? If you, is there something about being an attorney that you don't like? Or is there something that's holding you back? Do you think it's going to be all unpleasant? Do you think you, you don't like it. You don't think you're not good enough at it. You don't like that. Who knows? But you cannot think that way going into these interviews. You have to be really on, on top of it. And, and you have to want to get hired and you have to think positive thoughts about practicing law and positive thoughts about working with that employer. And you need to visualize like how great it would be. It doesn't mean you have to take a job if you get it, but you need to at least get the job. That's your job. Um, your job is to sell yourself. And Frankly, this is so important because you're an attorney. And so this is one thing a lot of people don't understand. As an attorney, you're responsible for representing clients. And that could be a company trying to do something. It could be an individual trying to do something. It could be somebody who's in trouble. So you need to be able to get behind them and convince other people about things. This is the most important job you have is convincing people of your value. And so just make sure you're very careful and you do some of the things I'm talking about. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.